0: Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is seven minutes after the hour. Uh, Coming up, we'll talk about a fundraiser, a local fundraiser in Columbia. Uh, In the meantime, uh, Dr. Murray Sabrin is with us, an economics professor. Uh, I've interviewed him uh, lots of times. I really like the way this guy thinks. Uh, And he's got a couple of pieces that I want to talk about. Um, And and frankly, uh, one of them deals with George Santos. Uh, I wrote at LinkedIn... Uh, why are so many Democrats and Republicans upset about this mendacious member of Congress? Uh, he's displayed the necessary skills to be a leader in Congress. Every Republican who proclaimed they were small government advocates and signed on to the omnibus bill were liars, too. Joe Biden prevaricated for decades about his own history. All Mr. Santos has done is displayed a willingness to play the game early. Well, Dr. Murray Sabrin has written about this as well. Murray, welcome to the program. How are you this morning?
1: I'm um, very well, Gary, and Happy New Year, and hopefully uh, we'll get some peace and prosperity in the United States and around the world. That would be nice for a change, wouldn't it? Uh, Absolutely. You wrote
0: uh, in your newsletter, uh, when U.S. presidents lie, people die. Republican Congressman-elect George Sandoz didn't kill anyone. What, what, what is the point you're trying to make here?
1: Well, uh, I remember vividly, uh, and you may too, Gary, in 1964, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, where North Vietnamese uh, uh, boats were supposedly attacked an American uh, uh, military vessel. Now, the first one didn't happen, and the second one didn't happen, which was the basis of the Gulf of Tonkin incident uh, resolution, I should say, that uh, led eventually to President Johnson um, essentially declaring war without a congressional authorization against uh, Vietnam in 1965 by increasing the number of troops dead by over 100,000, and that lasted for another 10 years. So uh, with 58,000 American servicemen dead, with as many as 2 million Southeast Asians dead, uh, President Johnson lied to the American people, so did his staff, so did the generals, and uh, it was a debacle, and of course, so uh, we had the Bush presidencies lie about the East, which caused untold deaths in that part of the world, and now we have Joe Biden, uh, lying to us about what's going on in Ukraine. And um, this could all have been averted if, uh, if uh, Joe Biden and the uh, NATO countries didn't push for Ukraine to be in NATO which meant that uh, Russia would be more secure in its territorial integrity, just as JFK was concerned about the missiles in Cuba in 1962. And thank God that didn't lead to a nuclear war, which we were very close to, as you recall. Uh, I remember that uh, day in 1962 when uh, Kennedy got on national TV and said, uh, we're going to have an economic blockade. Against, uh, Cuba, make sure no missiles come in. And, uh, thankfully, there were behind the scenes negotiations, which refused the issue. The missiles were taken out, uh, and there was no invasion of Cuba. The missiles were taken out of Turkey. And Kennedy and Kushik realized that, uh, they came so close to the nuclear war, uh, because of, uh, because of, uh, the missiles in Cuba that, uh, uh, cool heads prevailed and we didn't have a nuclear exchange between the United States and the Soviet Union.
0: Well, didn't wasn't the impetus behind uh, the 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 missiles in Cuba our missiles in Turkey?
1: Yeah, in fact, uh, remember this happened a year and a half after the uh, disastrous Bay of Pigs invasion, which was planned in the Eisenhower administration, and uh, the uh, Cuban exiles, with the help of the CIA, uh, launched this. Uh, uh, invasion of Cuba, in, uh, and not uh, at exactly where, where the uh, landing point was, but Kennedy uh, refused to provide air power, and of course, a lot of people were uh, upset with Kennedy. and But Kennedy took responsibility, and he got on national TV and, and, and accepted full responsibility, even though it wasn't planned under his administration. And um, and I I just recall, uh, and I urge all your listeners to go to YouTube and listen to President Kennedy's June 1963 mentioned address at American University where he said, we don't like uh, we, in fact, we despise the Soviet Union system of co- communism, but we are living on a small planet and we each have nuclear weapons and we have to coexist. And guess what happened five months later? He was assassinated. And I don't think that, that, was, a, that was a coincidence, Gary.
0: Really? I think you and I might disagree. Finally, after all this time, uh, I, I'm not sure that that was the, uh, the impetus behind the assassination or that it was Uh, The CIA behind it, but the bottom line here is George Santos told some whoppers, uh, and I'm curious, if you were the Speaker of the House, and we
1: don't have one yet, would you seat him? Of course, and people elected him. I mean, the people elected Joe Biden in 2020, given all the allegations that have been flying around the country about um, about uh, stuffed ballots and uh, fraud in the election. And so um, elections have been fraudulent from day one. I mean, I, I, I campaigned in New Jersey in 1997 as the Libertarian Party candidate for governor. And Christy Whitman was reelected by one percent of the vote, by 21000 votes. And months later, I was told that uh, it was a fraudulent election and uh, none of the media picked it up. In fact, I wrote about it in my uh, in my uh, recent autobiography that uh, I was told by a libel source that uh, the election was uh, not kosher. And uh, the reason we know it was not kosher, Gary, is the polls closed in New Jersey at eight o'clock p.m. And yet some counties didn't report the election results till midnight. How is that possible in the age of the computer, where votes are not counted for four hours? And uh, that suggests that there was something going on, because there are some counties in New Jersey that report their uh, results within a half hour of the polls closing. So why can't all the counties do it? And from what I've been told is that uh, uh, the Democrats and Republicans are in cahoots somehow, and they're able to uh, decide who's the winner. Uh, especially with the close election, by uh, switching votes or doing whatever they do to uh, m- uh, make the, uh, the the candidate that they want to win, uh, win.
0: You've got a very interesting uh, history, and you've written a book about it, uh, and, uh, and I just found out I can get a copy of that uh, for free.
1: Well, not anymore, unfortunately. We had the... Uh, the free uh, kindle version um, last month uh, amazon provides 5 days of kindle uh, for free and so uh, that happened last month and uh, it, it rocketed to number 1 in, in kindle and kindle free books uh, for uh, those days that it was available free but uh, the publisher priced the uh, book so low that it, it is really even if you make minimum wage Gary you can buy the kindle edition <laughs> for 3.99 oh i missed
0: it darn Uh, we're up against the clock here we're going to take a break in a few minutes but uh, I want to talk to you about why politicians love inflation Uh, and you're an economics professor so you really have a grasp of this Uh, and I'll be curious to get your take on it so can you hang on for a couple of minutes oh absolutely, absolutely Gary Dr. Murray Sabrin with us on the Gary Nolan Show it is the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, ten eighteen. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, coming up uh, at the top of the hour at eleven o five or so, we are going to have a, a conversation about a fundraiser you might be interested in. Uh, then we will try and tune into the House of Representatives to see how that vote is going. In the meantime, Dr. Murray Sabrin is with us, economics professor. He's written a, a, a piece at his uh, Substack. Uh, By the way, that's MurraySabrin.Substack.com, about why politicians uh, apparently are fond of inflation.
1: Do tell. Murray, welcome back. Welcome. Uh, Thank you, uh, Gary. very simple. When you have an inflationary uh, economy prices and wages go up. And when prices and wages go up, tax revenue goes up. So this is a way of increasing taxes without having a tax increase because inflation is doing its job, which is courtesy of the Federal Reserve by its printing of money, which pours more money into the economy. So nominal wages go up. up. And so uh, prices go up, more sales tax revenue, more higher profits for businesses. So uh, corporate income taxes go up. And as wages go up, um, more income taxes and sales taxes as uh, prices go up. So politicians love inflation even though they say they're opposed to it because it it allows them to spend more money, get more money from the public without having to raise taxes uh, directly.
0: But don't the goods and services they buy cost more too?
1: Absolutely. They don't care about that. (laughs) All they care about is getting more money so they can say to to their uh, special interest groups, we're giving you more money. Uh, I remember a lot of these things are are basically entitlement programs, Uh, welfare spending, education spending, uh, all sorts of health care spending. So uh, they're content that even as their costs go up, uh, they can still state to people, look look what a great job we're doing for the public by spending more money on all these uh, services.
0: So politically, it looks like we're giving you more money, even though it requires, because of inflation, more money to do what you've been doing. It's all a great big canard
1: it's 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 a big ponzi scheme to come down to gary and uh, i've been at this for a long time and uh, uh someone wrote a book i think called ponzi nation and this is exactly what we have in america is that uh, we have um, money sloshing around the system because the federal reserve creates trillions of dollars which they did uh, since the great recession of 2007 2008 and then the p- uh, pandemic, uh, they they increased the amount of money directly by seven trillion dollars in the economy. And then, the, and then the uh, uh, so-called smart people uh, in the Federal Reserve are scratching their heads, wondering why inflation goes up. We've known this for hundreds of years. You print money, you debase the currency, prices go up.
0: <laughs> it, it seems so simple, and yet, um, where does this all end? Uh, you're an economist. You you've looked at what's going on out there. We're thirty one plus trillion dollars in the hole. We got promises that amount to over a hundred trillion. Yeah. Does it collapse well, completely? Uh, Does it slowly fall apart? What's going on?
1: Well, uh, given my take on financial history, which I taught at Randolph College for so many years, is that uh, the United States is in a very envious position it's it's uh currency the dollar is acceptable all around the world uh commodities are priced in dollars as long as uh, foreigners accept dollars in payment for u.s uh, uh, f- for their goods that they sell to uh, americans this can continue uh, indefinitely it's only when trust in the currency collapses and people get rid of their dollars or their government held securities like the u.s uh, treasury bills and treasury notes that's when it's checkmates for the federal government and they have to restructure and uh that's not happening anytime soon i don't think but you, you never know uh gary uh The dollar could collapse uh, next week. If if the uh, Chinese, the Japanese, the Koreans, the Germans, uh, uh, and and the uh, Saudi Arabians decide they don't want to hold dollars anymore and and, uh, liquidate their holdings of dollars by buying gold, silver, and other things, then the dollar could collapse literally overnight. And that's the danger we face in the fiat money world. And that's the courtesy of Richard Nixon who closed the gold window in 1971. So we're in uncharted territory. And so there's no way of easily predicting this, but the benchmark is will foreigners continue to accept a dollar in payment for their goods and services they sell to Americans. As long as they do that, This can continue for a long time, but when they get very nervous, like they did in 1979 and 1980, uh, the dollar was on the verge of collapsing because China was not an important part of the global economy back then. And uh, all those dollars that were created by the Federal Reserve in the 1970s basically stayed in America and prices went through the roof. We had double digit inflation and uh, foreigners got very nervous and they started getting rid of their dollars and the price of gold uh, doubled in a matter of four or five months at the end of 79 into early 1980. And then uh, Volker was at the Fed, and he jacked up interest rates 21% to uh, make the dollar more attractive. And that's exactly what happened uh, in the early 80s. And the rate of inflation went from 12% to 3% in two years. So we can get inflation down, but it, at a at cost of a very terrible deep recession.
0: So what you're saying is if we are no longer the reserve currency, that's when everything starts falling apart.
1: Yeah, well, it's a matter of trust. Uh, that's why it is. In God we trust on our currency. But uh, the real thing is it should be in gold we trust because gold is the ultimate money. You can't print it up. And there's only a limited supply in the world and the increase is very uh, uh, small every year. And therefore, gold keeps money purchasing power intact over a long period of time. Uh fiat currencies have been destroyed in the last 100 years. We can go back to the early part of the 20th century and we can see dozens and dozens of currencies have collapsed because the printing presses went nonstop. whether it's the german hyperinflation of the early 20s whether it's the chinese hyperinflation after world war ii and the europeans hyperinflation after world war ii the russian hyperinflation after world war I. Uh history is littered with the uh, with the corpses of currencies that have collapsed because governments just print money, the central banks print money, and uh, people say enough is enough, and they get rid of that currency faster than they get it, and uh, that's when prices go uh, increase exponentially.
0: Dr. Murray Sabrin is with us, uh, economics professor. Uh, if you know this, and and I'm aware of this as well, and I'm not an economics professor, what are they thinking? I mean, do they see this? Do they think it's never going to happen? Do they think somehow that, in this case, it won't collapse?
1: Well, this this is a, an example of bad economics and bad uh, philosophy and bad uh, uh, politics. They think they can control the world economy, the U.S. economy, by uh, by managing the interest rates, by managing the supply of money. And it never has worked out in the long term. And so, uh, this, this, uh, a Ponzi scheme, if you will, will continue as long as people accept dollars. And, uh, as long as that happens, uh, they can continue where the dollar will depreciate every year. Uh, I mean, the dollar has lost more than 95% of its value since 1913 when the Federal Reserve was created. That doesn't mean much for the average person because the average person's lifespan is not 95 years. It's 75 years, 80 years, whatever the case may be. But we've seen inflation skyrocket in 2022. The question is what will happen in 2023? Uh, Will inflation decelerate, which I think is in the cards because the money supply has been shrinking a bit in the last few months as the Fed... uh, Uh, tries to corral inflation uh, with its interest rate hikes of 2022. And so then the game will continue again. Then if we have a deep enough recession, uh, the Fed will start to print more money again to stimulate the economy like it did during the Great Recession and during COVID. And so we're off to the races again. And uh, in my research, I found out that there are 100 year cycles in American history. I I can't explain why that happens. But if we follow that logic of these 100-year cycles, that means 2029 could be a very difficult year because it's the 100th anniversary of the crash of 29, which ushered in the Great Depression of the 1930s. Uh,
0: If you just turn the radio on, Dr. Murray Sabrin is with us, MurraySabrin.com. From immigrant to public intellectual and American story, uh, very briefly in the the closing minutes, uh, give a little history. When did uh, your parents come to this country?
1: Well, I came with them as a two-year-old in 1949 with my older brother and my parents, who were the only ones to survive the Holocaust in their native Poland. And uh, the book talks about my journey as a young American, if you will, in, in the 1950s and 60s, and uh, my journey from being a liberal Democrat in the 1960s, voted for you Humphrey in 1968, and then became a libertarian as I discovered um, the literature of libertarianism. And I saw what was unfolding with the Great Society and the Vietnam War. And I said, this this welfare warfare state is not going to work. It's it's counterproductive, it's harming people, it's killing people overseas, uh, especially young Americans. And so that's when I realized that libertarianism is the bedrock of American foundation. It's it's in the Declaration of Independence and it's in the Bill of Rights. Those are libertarian uh, uh, ideas, namely that government should have a very limited role in our society, protect our borders, uh, maintain the peace in the cities, in rural areas, and uh, don't try to micromanage the economy and just allow the great men and women entrepreneurs of America to do their thing, and we will have prosperity, we will have low, uh, low poverty, uh, we'll have a vibrant nonprofit sector to deal with uh, social services instead of the welfare state. And uh, that's what I've been writing about for 50 years, uh, Gary. And uh, this book sort of is a culmination of all my thoughts for the past um, uh, 50, 75 years.
0: Definitely worth getting. It's available on Kindles. Can I uh, buy a paper version of this?
1: Yeah, and the, again, like I said, the publisher wanted to make this thing so affordable to the average American that the, uh, the price would not be a problem because uh, the publisher, once I sent him the, the drafts of the chapters, he said, Murray, this is a story that has to be read by the American people because it's truly the quintessential story of a young person coming to America from more torn Europe, and uh, building a life here with uh, the guidance of uh, his parents because they instilled the values that I still have today.
0: Dr. Murray Sabrin, thank you for being with us today. Really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Gary, and Happy New Year again, and uh, best wishes for a healthy and happy
0: uh, New Year. Right back at you. Dr. Murray Sabrin uh, on The Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a fundraiser. We're going to find out what's going on in the House of Representatives uh, but before that, I'm going to tell you this is this is another Hanson story. So get ready. You know what? When Brian comes up with a story, says I sent I put a page up here for you. Uh, you know it's going to be well. Disgusting. I knew
2: you were interested in this kind of thing, and so I you know, I just want to know pro- about provide. your lifestyle. That's all. <laughs> if that what it I, is?
0: I, I, That's all it is. I just want need to know how you're living your life. And whoa! Wait till you hear this story. Oh my God! Gary Nolan, Simmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is 35 minutes after the hour. And uh, coming up, uh, we're going to have a conversation here with Matt Nichols. Uh, There is a fundraiser going on uh, here in in Columbia, and I think uh, it might be something you'd be interested in going to. Uh, So that sounds good. Also, uh, we'll keep our eye on the House of Representatives. Uh, As you'll recall, we opened the program this morning talking about uh, this uh, speaker uh, melee going on in the House of Representatives with the Republicans. And uh, basically, the thought was that um, if it's not wrapped up in the first vote, things could really spin out of control fast. Uh, so anyway, we're going to watch that first vote if we can. Eight seven four ninety three ninety. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Or you can reach me at com. Now, Brian Hansen will, from time to time, throw out a story and say, Oh, look at this. And almost without exception, it makes me throw up in my shoes. And this is, of course, not... An exception. (laughs) Uh, He found this at Chicks on the Right. Imagine anally inserting frozen vegetable juice and taking laxatives to fake a period and pretending that it's totally normal. The creativity, they write, of humans knows no bounds. But these creative ideas are not only disgusting, they're also incredibly insulting to real women everywhere. Apparently, biological males who believe they are women but lack a uterus and connected uh, vagina to have uh, a period are finding creative ways to (laughs) pretend that they are. Um, Geez, um, this is hard to believe. Apparently, uh, there's a conversation going on online, uh, and this guy is posting. He says uh, that he has a regular monthly cycle every 28 days using pads and tampons, which is completely bogus since he doesn't have uh, a regular monthly cycle. Um, What he means is that he pretends to have a regular monthly cycle every 28 days, and make-believers, uh, It's uh, he's using tampons and pads. Uh, where exactly he's putting them, I don't even want to think about. A respondent suggests using frozen V8 popsicles. I'm sorry, what? Frozen V8, you know, vegetable juice. You know, oh, could've, he could have had a V8? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Frozen V eight popsicles you make with molds from bottled uh, for bottled water from Walmart. That's in quotes. So he can stick the frozen veggie juice popsicles inside uh, that orifice. Um. And if that's not bad enough, uh, he also uh, controls his flow. I can control my flow. He writes. Uh, by the numbers of cylinders that I use. For example, during the beginning of my monthly period, I always use two or three in order to give me a heavy menstrual flow. (laughs) You
2: can't make this up.
0: Uh, Well, uh, a heavy uh, anal tomato juice flow Uh, anyway. uh, This is uh, this guy is sticking multiple frozen vegetable juice popsicles up is canasta. Another respondent explains what bizarre and disgusting tricks he's come up with for faking a period that he can't biologically have. He says that he takes several correct all women's laxatives at the start of his uh, uh, cycle. Uh, And this always leads to cramps. And you don't know exactly when they'll occur. Sometimes they wake me up in the middle of the night. I've also had accidents in my pad when I didn't make it to the toilet fast enough. He's taking laxatives and saying they sometimes make him have accidents in his pad. This guy is pooping himself. He goes on to explain to to simulate bloating, I drink lots of water. Keeps me heading to the to the toilet very frequently, where I have the opportunity to change my protection. Basically, he super hydrates, so he has to pee.
2: Then he gets to pull his pants down, and I mean, this is just disgusting. He doesn't I, have a mental disorder, just so you know. No, you do because you won't accept him. <laughs> yeah, you're the one who's you're crazy. Not affirming him. So yeah. you're the abnormal person. I, you know, it,
0: it gets so disgusting and so crazy and so insulting. Um, it, it just, I, I don't even know where to go with this. I, I've got nowhere to go with it. I just think this these people are mentally ill. Why aren't the rest of the world realizing? Why are they not realizing this is a mental problem? Why are they accommodating a mental problem? If the guy said, "Hey, you know what? I'm a Buick," does does anybody think they'd be changing his tires? It, 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 no, he'd say you've got a mental problem. You're not a car, and they'd put him somewhere and get him some counseling. Well, it's no different for him to say he's a woman. He is not a woman, and the extent to which he will go to pretend. It's, it's insane. The media in particular, but also uh, anybody, you know, it, Funk and Wagnall, Webster, and every other dictionary needs to not play this game. They're encouraging this mental illness. If you think you are you know, born with the wrong body, go find a doctor who will talk you into the truth. Eight seven four ninety three ninety eight hundred five two nine five five seven two, and more importantly, they're they're teaching this stuff in school, indoctrinating your children. They should be arrested for that. Going to the phones, Brian. Welcome, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you?
3: Doing well. Thanks for taking my call, Gary. You're so good at what you do, you kind of stole my thunder a bit. I was calling up to say that if this isn't the textbook definition of mental illness. I don't know what is. Yeah. These, it, these people need help. And, and the point that you bring up that now they are indoctrinating children, this is exactly why my wife and I have pulled our children from public schooling to protect them from this lunacy.
0: Good for you. Having kids is a challenge. Raising kids is a challenge. And making that sacrifice is a, is a challenge. But you're saving them.
3: Yeah, these people need help.
0: I definitely need a checkup from the neck up. Brian, thank you for the call. Thanks, Gary. All right, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. And we accommodate them. Uh, that's what kills me. We're, we're, we're acting as though they're right when they're not. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Fake. To, and can you, Brian, can you even imagine what it must... Can
2: you... I don't know. I, to get, I, I can't even co- contemplate that. No. What would that do to your hemorrhoids? I.
0: <laughs>
2: just. I mean, it's just. It's just crazy. Just as you think, well, they can't possibly go any further than they've already gone. They do. It's, <laughs> it's like no, please no. And and yet.
0: They do. I. I I'm. I'm just baffled by the gullibility, the willingness uh, of the mainstream media to go along with it. it's just it's just crazy. 8749390 uh, toll- free 805295572 a fundraiser coming up. then the House of Representatives and their vote. We got a lot of ground to cover in the next, in the next hour or so. Stay with us on the Gary Nolan Show the Zimmer Radio Network. Will McCarthy make it as Speaker of the House? We may find out uh, in the very first vote today. Uh, If he loses ground, he may not make it. Uh, We'll try to carry that in the final uh, segment of the program. Also, uh, a local fundraiser here in Columbia uh, that you may want to get involved in with first responders. It seems like a pretty good idea to me. Uh, But before that, uh, Brian has uh, given us a story worth vomiting over about guys uh, who think they're girls who are freezing uh, V8 uh, vegetable juice in little cylinders and inserting them uh, where the sun don't shine so they can fake having a period. And the media don't think this is crazy? They cater to it? What the hell? I'm sorry, but it's just insane. Anyway, with that in mind, let's go to the phones. Jay is on the line. Jay, welcome. How are you?
4: Uh, I'm doing well. Yes, sir. So one of the things that comes to my mind is that the reason why this isn't uh, thought as a mental illness by physicians is because the American Psychology Association ruled that all these uh, that were originally thought to be mental illness, uh, they voted against that in the 1970s. So even yeah, when you I go t- to medical, yeah, even when you go to medical school and they teach you about uh, gay and lesbian, uh, you know, ideas, they they teach it as that it's normal. Uh, yeah,
0: there was pressure applied. Um, in fact, there's a book. Um, and I'm trying to think the name of it that explains how that uh, how the pressure was applied um, and how they voted to take that away as a, a mental
4: illness. Yeah, they just, they just stacked the votes with gay people. You yeah. know, gay people that wanted to vote themselves not having mental illness. The other thing that I would say is in 500 to 1,000 years, when people dig up your bones, it doesn't matter if you thought you were a woman. People are going to know that you're a man because your bones are developed as a man. Your pelvis is a man. Your DNA, any remaining DNA, you're going to be a man. It's an interesting argument that I read. And I think it proves, you know, you can say whatever you want, but at the end of the day, you're a man. If you cut your penis off, and you uh, say you're a woman, when you go to the doctor, we still have to treat you like you're a man. The, the diseases you have are going to be like men, the rate of high blood pressure that you're going to have, heart attack, all that stuff, still a man. Yep. doesn't matter how, how much you think that you're a woman, you're still a man. You just have mental illness.
0: <laughs> you just need a, so. a, a little, little time on the couch. Yep. Yep, I agree. Jay, thank all you right. for the call. Glad yeah. to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Brian and I were kidding around about this earlier okay. because they apparently changed the game uh, life, the Hasbro I think it was Hasbro that made the game. Yes. Um, and we were thinking about what would happen if we applied these rules to the chess uh, to the chess board so that the king could be the queen. Or the queen could be the king. And you'd be able to make that switch any time you wanted in yeah, the game.
2: Just don't tell your opponent until it's time.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> you know, I'm the, so
2: so sorry. I should have let you know before the game started that my king now identifies as a queen. And checkmate, the game's over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they would say check, and then you'd say, oh, no, I've just
0: switched. I think that (laughs) my king is the queen, and she's coming down to take you out. Unbelievable. Lee, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you?
3: Hello, Lee. Hello. I'm sorry I didn't hear my name. I like your analogy about being a car. I've always said... Today, I feel like a dog. Tomorrow, I'm going to be the president of the United States. But it doesn't work that way. No. I had a conversation with my pastor years ago, and I don't hate homosexuals. I love them. They uh, deserve respect and understanding like anyone. But uh, I feel it is a mental slash uh, hormonal problem and that you have... True homosexuals, and you have those that are just screwed up, just like you have true alcoholics, and you have those that just like to drink. I think that if we deal with uh, homosexuality, out, homosexuality the way we started treating alcoholism, yeah, we can treat true homosexuals medically, uh, emotionally, uh, mentally, and I think. Recover a lot of them, but I'm sorry, I agree. If you you have X Y chromosomes, you're a male. If you don't, you're a female. Unlike our recent uh, Supreme Court electee, could not figure that out. Uh, well, here's it, it's a simple matter of fact that, and there are people obviously that do not fit the norm emotionally, mentally, uh, hormonally, and those are true homosexuality. Uh, look, look. Like let, me, me? let me just let me
0: just clarify something, because I don't care if you're straight or gay. I got friends that are gay, and it doesn't bother me one bit. As long as they're consenting adults, whatever they do in the bedroom is fine with me. I, I agree. I but agree. there is there is no such thing as a gay gene. Um, th- they've done all kinds of research looking for one. Massive study. Homes in on genetic basis of human sexuality is the headline nearly half million genomes reveal five dna markers associated with sexual behavior but none <coughs> with the power to predict sexuality of an individual they cannot yeah, find a g- yeah, it I, doesn't exist but whatever I reason Yeah, whatever
3: reason they are where they are, they are. And it's fine with me. It's not my business. I understand what you're saying. And one reason I I hold to my position, my wife and I were having troubles having kids, and they discovered she had a hormonal imbalance, and they treated her with hormonal injections. And she went from a logical thinking, brunette, uh, non-emotional just easy to live with to a airheaded, bubble-headed, emotional, unable to make decision, and just went off the handle when she saw a big spider, that was just from taking hormones. She was a different person. So what I'm saying is, I feel, and I'm, I'm not a, a medical professional, but I just can't help but think there's something medically different about some homosexuals that are true homosexuals that can be treated. We might not have found that yet, but I just can't help but believe there is a physiological malady somewhere.
0: All right, Lee, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Look, if that's you know what you're attracted to, that's what you're attracted to. I'm fine with that. As long as it's consenting adults, I am not getting in the way. Uh, and, I, and I don't sit in judgment of it. Um, I just don't want to be lied to about it. Um and and that's you know pretty much it. Uh all right so I found out that we are having uh, there's going to be uh, a fundraiser uh here in uh, in town and uh, I thought maybe you'd be interested in hearing about it. So we'll uh, we'll chat with
2: uh, Matt Nichols about that. So about uh, about six or seven minutes from now. Are you saying he needs the, to contact the sales department to uh, send the message across so people will you know get the word out? Kind of. Well, I thought you cleared this. No, no, I didn't. I uh, you've set it up, and this is well, the first because, I heard about it. That's because I thought you cleared it. No, no, I didn't. Uh. Oh, so he really should be seeing the sales department. Yeah, I can like forward him there when he calls. When he calls, yeah. Um, well, maybe he find- just didn't know. Well, let's find out if he if he really didn't know.
0: Okay, and then uh, and then we'll go from there. Uh, so anyway, that's coming up, and of course the House of Representatives—that's the big vote. It should be happening uh, shortly. In fact, uh, perhaps by the bottom of the hour. Uh, they will be uh, having their first vote. You know, maybe it turns out Jim Jordan is the uh, the next Speaker of the House. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Wouldn't it, though? It'd be interesting to see what happens. But McCarthy's got a challenge. He doesn't want to give up, but neither do they. Uh, and, and they, of course, are those uh, conservative Republicans like Chip Roy. And, you know, the other thing that I'm curious about, Brian, is why isn't Chip Roy throwing his hat in the ring? I don't know. You know, he's he's willing to throw somebody else's hat in the ring. (laughs) Why not his? Uh, He wants uh, that kind of leadership. Well, maybe he should provide it. I am in their corner, though. I really am. All right. We have some important messages. We'll get you up to date with what's going on around town and around the world. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.